Hey there, Day Camp Pros. We are so grateful to be joined once again by the one and only Michael Brandwine, who will be discussing the ins and outs of elevating our frontline superstars into top flight leadership team members. No easy feat, especially these days. So kick back and enjoy some lessons from the legend. This is the Day Camp Pod. This is the Day Camp Pod from Go Camp Pro, bringing you the best ideas, strategies, and discussions in the day camp industry. You can find our show notes at daycamppodcast.com. A big thanks to our sponsors who make the Day Camp Pod possible. The Day Camp Podcast is brought to you by CRS, Commercial Recreation Specialists. Find purveyors of the best recreation solutions to keep camp going strong. Check out their website at crs4rec.com. CRS is serious about fun. If scheduling was a headache for you in 2022, come check out Camptivities. Camptivities is specifically designed for camps by camp people. Save time, money, and resources to create your best diverse activity schedule yet. Find out more at camptivities.com. Welcome back to the Day Camp Podcast. I'm Andy Pritikin, Director of Liberty Lake in the Philly Burbs of New Jersey. I'm Sam Thompson from Crystal Lake Park District, Crystal Lake, Illinois. And I'm Tiffany Yvonne from Purposeful Play in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And last but not least, we have Michael. Brandwine, one of the most famous names in the camp field, and he has a truly international reputation presenting in all 50 of the United States, most provinces in Canada, and on six of the seven continents of the world. He's got a whole bunch of awesome books you can get in the ACA bookstore. And the newest one is Growing Great Qualities in Kids, and I can tell you it is just as good as all the rest. Uh, he has written and presented three television programs, working with young people. These received an Emmy Award, and he has served on the National Board of Directors of the American Camp Association and lived to tell about it. All right. He comes with individual he comes to individual camps every year to do trainings for staff and to the camp leadership team so you can reach out to him about that and he is from chai town just like the two other co-hosts we got here all right where he lives with his wife donna who is a certified sign language interpreter for the deaf and they have two sons dave the musician and benjamin the special needs teacher who may be working at camps this summer but benjamin works in the chicago public schools for the kids who really really need the help and and that is just like i was telling michael the most noble of professions if you ask me so welcome back buddy thank you so much it's so wonderful to see you so we got this thing going on in camping right now where, um, you know, there was this staff reckoning of 2021, right? And you've seen it in schools, too. I'm sure your your son would tell you there's been a lot of turnover. A lot of people uh, were like, wow, that was really hard. I'm going to not work the summers or I'm going to change professions or whatever, because it was pretty intense being a school teacher and a camp professional the last few years coming out of COVID. And, and hence... We are now finding ourselves elevating a lot of our young superstars, you know, early 20s, who have put in their time, who are ready. They want more. They've seen this. They've seen that thing up there. And they're like, yes, I want that collared shirt. I want that walkie-talkie, right? But they don't necessarily know what it entails. We have and, to, uh, and, we have and they, they, they think they do. And, and, you know, camp people, you know, we're nice people and we're good at a lot of things or, you know, we're not necessarily great at a lot of things. And, and I think that taking these young people and mentoring them and molding them and preparing them to be on the leadership team, I, I think that we, we could use some advice, Mike. 
I preface that. You, 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 you presume I have advice? Yeah. I, I'm hoping you have advice. Otherwise, we can we can talk about plenty of other things. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, the, the trick to all of this is that no matter what the decade is, or pandemic or no pandemic, um, most of us were promoted to that kind of leadership team position. How? It was from the front lines. We were good counselors or we were good program people. And our boss came to us and said, do you want to now, you know, get uh, get into a higher level of responsibility? And I said, yes, it was a it was a it was a massive raise for heaven's sake. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> a 75 percent increase in income when you're making a dollar. You know, I think that's that's like, what is that? Seven fifty. I, I, I don't know. Math is not good. They certainly didn't pick me because of my math skills. And they said, um, I always say in supervision workshops, I said, uh, my my boss said, do you feel that you could do that? Supervise your peers instead of kids. And I said, yes, which proved that I was qualified for American management because I lied. Um, uh, uh, That was one of the main qualifications. So um, I didn't know what I was doing. And that's the first point I think we should make, which is there is a lot of changes in the camp industry. Of the two that I love the most, one of those two, uh, you can ask me the other Slater, um, it would be a whole other podcast, but one of them is this uh, definite trend to train leadership team members before staff arrive. Uh, I don't believe that was done very much before. I can tell you my own experience as a trainer, the, the phone calls I would get would be, would you come train our staff, thank goodness, that what a blessing. But I didn't get calls that said, would you train our leadership team? In the last five to seven years, many, many more of those. And uh, I think that's a great trend simply because leadership team members, to stay the to state the duh, uh, is the engine of camp. They also tend to stay more than a year or two. And when you have a great set of supervisors and and uh, program directors and site directors, for example, these are the people who sustain the excellence of camp. They keep the camp on mission if they're properly trained. But that last clause is what's important. They have to be trained. We can't presume that people know how to be a boss uh, simply because we've decided that they're ready for it or that they're older or the only way to keep them in camp is to advance their responsibilities. This- and you, you said the word boss. Right. I just want to cut oh, in yeah. on that. Right. Yeah. Um, in that I, I think that's sort of part of the problem is that they 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 think that they're going to be a boss and therefore they're going to they get into this role and they're going to start bossing people around. Isn't that what bosses do? Yeah. And and meanwhile, they've had all this experiences with good bosses and bad bosses and good supervisors, bad, whatever you want to say. And 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 I'm sitting here trying to explain to them, no, 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 no. You're the mentor. You your your job is, you know, to lead us to serve, not to boss people right. around support support right but yet they get that collared shirt and that walkie-talkie and and their chest puff out and then i just can't believe what i'm seeing and hearing you know it's like they finally attained this 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 position and in a way they're blowing it because they completely lost empathy of what it was like to be on the receiving end Agreed. Uh, in par- therefore, part of our job is to redefine what boss means, because they will see themselves as a boss, whether we use that term or not. They will see themselves as a team captain. And there are different kinds of team captains in sports. There are different uh, styles and, and manners of presenting yourself when you're in that kind of role. So that's one of our responsibilities. So the, the first point to me is I always ask people, what training do you do for all of your leadership team members? and 
you know, there's different ways to do that. I mean, if you've got, pardon the self-reference, if you people who have my book, Super Staff Supervision, it has six paths. These are the six things your supervisors are supposed to do every day when they're walking around out there. That was, it's what I call my angry book. Um, because I was angry, no one told me what they were, so I wrote this book. But what they do is they take one of each uh, one of each path and assign them to one or two leadership team members, and they run the leadership trip training. And this is not my idea, so I'm not bragging. And I'm, you know, I sorry, it, it, it's my book, but I want to give credit to the camps who thought this up. They said, you know, what? Well, how are we going to have a leadership team training? What they did was they got a book. They had people read it. It was practical. It had skills in it. And so they said, we're going to have you two teach chapter one and you two are going to teach chapter two. And so they did their own one day leadership training and did outstanding jobs with this. I wish it had been my idea. I would have suggested to people as soon as the book came out. But this was an example of being able to grow your own training if you want. Uh, there's people who can help you do it, but there's got to be some kind of training is the point. And um, I think it's really important then to ask, well, what should the curriculum be in that kind of training? How do we prepare them then for this new responsibility? One of the big questions I get before we talk about redefining boss is an issue that didn't used to come up. But again, in the last, I'd say, yeah, five, five to seven years again, is how do you supervise your peers? How do you supervise your friends? My friends weren't promoted in this position, so it's going to be really awkward for me to do that. So would it be all right if we did five minutes on just that particular subject? Because I think that's part of the curriculum, how we prepare them to do that. And Absolutely. I, I Very important. important. And what I'll do is I'll give you a link to a handout. Of course, there has to be a handout. It's it's Michael, uh, a handout that you can refer to for this and which you can, uh, folks, you can even give to as a discussion guide, your new supervisors and your veteran supervisors, everybody to help guide this quick uh, chunk of curriculum about what to do when supervising peers. The usual advice in this is to say, look, our friendship has nothing to do with this. Uh, I'm glad we're friends, but our, our friendship has nothing to do with this. We have to keep that separate and we have to do the best job to do it. I think that's terrible advice. Um, I like to do a judo move. And instead, what I would like us to tell them is don't dismiss your friendship. Rely on your friendship. And training won't work unless it's simple. So uh, just teach one word, which is because. What you do is you just teach them the word because. You can add to the words, if you want to push them a little bit, the words because we're friends. And what you do is instead of saying we have to put our friendship apart, what I tell them to do is to say because we're friends, we know things about each other and trust each other in a certain way and have built a relationship. And that's how you and I can work together in these new roles. Because I don't think it's practical to tell them to keep their friendship apart because at a day camp, for example, they're going out tonight on Wednesday night. So I don't think that's a practical thing to do. I've had much more success saying use the friendship in a judo-like way. So what I want them to say is our being friends is really important to me. And what our being friends means is blah, 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 blah. And then relate that to the probable problems you may have, may not, uh, working and supervising your peers. So I'll give you, can I give you three, four examples really quick? You know, I'm big on examples. Please. Uh, the first is uh, I tell them to blame others. 
because it's always better to blame other people. So blame your uh, your your director and then say, look, it wasn't our idea to put ourselves in these roles. You and I didn't decide what roles we would have for this year at camp. But because we're friends, notice the because, because we're friends, that means you and I can decide as friends how we're going to help and support each other in these roles. So you blame someone else. It's not like I said, well, I'm better than you, so I'm glad I got this promotion. What you do is you blame other people. The second example that I use is to say, because we're friends, you know that I want to do everything I can to support you in doing your best work and having the best summer. And you know that, and you know it's true because we're friends. And because we're friends, you know better than anyone else how important it is for me to do this job. Or you can insert the word, this new job, because this is a new role for me. So because we're friends, we want to support each other in what these roles are. And that's much better to me than saying the unlikely, which is uh, we have to keep our friendship apart uh, when we're at work. Um, the, the third piece of this that I like to say to them is, one of the best things about our being friends is that we can put everything out on the table. People who aren't really good friends or who haven't worked together before, they can't do that. There isn't that level of trust. You can't necessarily tell people what you're really thinking. So if there's ever anything that I do, uh, uh, Tiffany, that that bothers you, because I'm your I'm your team leader this year, if there's anything that I do that bothers you, um, then I know that you will come to me in an appropriate way and tell me that that's ticking you off. I know that you'll do it. You won't do it behind my back. I know uh, that you won't um, do this in front of others so that it would embarrass it. You'll make it a private conversation. You'll say, Michael, no offense, but where do you get off, you know, telling me blah, 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 blah. And that, you know, is something that, you know, is the same thing that I will tell you. I would never do anything to embarrass you. I would never do anything to betray the trust that's a part of our relationship. I finished that, you know, I mean, I'm giving you exact words because that's, that's my style. I, I, I feel if you give people exact words, then they can improvise on it. I don't talk the same way to every person the same way, but without exact words, it's not a specific enough example. It doesn't help me learn, learn how to do stuff. So what I like to say here is we know that we will take care of each other and watch each other's back, no matter what roles we're in. And that's because there's the because word. That's because we're friends. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one more example. Um, yes, we're friends. And one of the reasons we're friends is because I respect how important kids are to you. That's one of the values that we share. And it's a big thing that we have in common. And uh, we both picked a job that's about kids. We, I know we can agree that the kids are going to come first. And anytime, uh, um, uh, anything between us, if there's ever any tension or friction, it can't get in the way of our doing the best for kids. We don't, we, we don't want to do that. Um, and so what I do is remind them that kids are the focus. And that's something that I treasure that we both, that we both value. Off duty, we can focus first on being friends. Uh, on duty, we always focus first on the campers, and I have confidence that we can make that happen because we're friends. And because we're friends, I know you and I can work together in a way that if we didn't know each other, it wouldn't happen. Are you concerned about this new these new staff um, that are elevated to these positions during the off-duty times? Uh, you know, will they will they continue? You know. Uh, will they compromise their respect by sort of um, 
by be you know by doing things with the the frontline staff that are sort of borderline inappropriate and things like that because they've been doing that for years with them and now all of a sudden is, is it is it fair for us to set the expectation that they should stop that uh is it fair yes can i go further yes is it required absolutely <laughs> Sure. Right. You are not, you know, Sam, you're not doing the job for the kids as part of our team. If you go, well, here's the joke I always tell if you, it's a day camp. So if you go out tonight and uh, you wear a camp t-shirt and, you know, you start a, a drunken brawl that reflects badly on all of us, that could even close our camp, you know, just that one five minute decision. So if you're going to do it, wear another camp's t-shirt. Um, uh, uh, no, we, we, we have, we have to tell people all of the things that we tell them and we have to say, and that's what we're bringing up here, Andy, is the curriculum piece of, and this will be harder if, as always, friends say here, uh, have a joint, uh, here, uh, drink, you know, you have to be at work at seven thirty, eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Exactly. They, people will always, you know, do things that are not in the interests, uh, in your interest. They may lure you or or uh, invite you to do something or or make fun of you. You know, oh, Mr. Bossman can't have fun. If somebody does that, I would quote uh, uh, to our staff, uh, to our supervisors. Uh, one of my uh, beautiful wife, Donna's uh, favorite authors, Dr. Maya Angelou, is famous for a number of brilliant things. But probably one of the things that she's most famous for, I've, it's hard to pick. There's so many brilliant things that she wrote. But Dr. Angelou uh, has famously said, when people show you who they are, believe them. And so if a friend, you know, tries to get you drunk you know, if a friend tries to have you do something goofy that in your stomach, I always tell people, as my father taught me, your stomach is the smartest part of your body. It's not your brain, it's your stomach. If you know in your stomach, <laughs> your gut, that this is something that's whack, you know, you really shouldn't do it. Um, and you say to your friend, you know, I, yeah, I can't, you know, because of the job. And if they then make fun of you or they then uh, mock you or they put you in an uncomfortable, embarrassing position, they are at that moment not acting as your friend. Yeah, it's a maturity thing, right? I mean, you're putting people into roles where you're sort of pushing them ahead on the maturity scale than, than what would normally be, right? They say that uh, the the frontal lobes do not fully develop now until you're 27, Michael. So you're taking this 23-year-old, and and you're sort of expecting a lot of them in that days. But I don't think, like like you said, I don't think that means that we as camp operators, directors, whatever, uh, can't set the standard. And say this is what is the expectations are though, and I and I and I don't think that enough people do that, and that uh, leaves yeah. them in the gray area, you know, where they don't know what they should do. You you know, I, I maybe the most famous thing I've ever said. And by famous, I'm not specific. Famous. Is terrific. Uh, no, it, <laughs> it, is terrific. it may be that that the thing I most quoted on in supervision is the main reason. I may have even said this on the podcast before. I, I I won't apologize for repeating it. The main reason that people don't act professionally at camp in this really fun job is because we don't act like real bosses. <laughs> Uh, you know, you've never said that on this podcast. It's awesome and brilliant. I love oh, it. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, I always take people to Best Buy and say they don't let people clump at Best Buy. 
You know, you don't you they don't let two or three people in the computer department all stand together and and talk on their phones. There's there's no no Best Buy in the United States. Uh, and uh, I forget the there's a, another name for it we use in Canada, but uh, that they do. But that's because they they don't accept it. It's not acceptable behavior. And I one final point about this, which is you can tell people to head this off by saying to their friends, We've got this new relationship now at work. I'd love to hear your ideas about, you know, how this might affect you or how it affects me. I want to be sure we stay open to each other. That would be a preemptive strike. And the other thing you can ask is, uh, what would I want to say? Oh, um, you can say, uh, what can I do to show my friend that I trust them? You know, what responsibilities could I give them? What advice could I ask from them to show them that I value them in this relationship? And uh, that would be a way to keep that trust there. So in, this is an important piece that I think we have to do for folks who aren't used to dealing with their peers in this new way. Can, can you just restate that one more time? The thing about the the, the phrase that you used about us not acting like real uh, bosses. Can't oh, sure. Oh, yeah, right. That was just so great. Thank you. The number one reason I believe, and I say I because it's just my opinion, but the number one reason I believe that staff have difficulty acting sometimes uh, professionally in the fun job that is camp is because we don't act like real bosses. The reason they don't act real employees, to say it shorter, which I'm not good at, um, the way they don't act like real employees, professionals, is because we're not treating them in that way. We don't act like real bosses. We don't do what real bosses do. Real bosses say, you know, real bosses, I mean, you can say, I love you. I believe in you. You're very important to me. And you absolutely have to do this. This is This is a requirement. And then, of course, is a whole workshop, you know, which, of course, I do, which is on what if they don't do it? Well, then you go to them and you say, my understanding was we agreed that this was going to change. It hasn't. Talk to me about that. You don't say anything. You get them to talk to you to show them that you're serious about it. If that doesn't work, then you say, what is getting in the way of you keeping your promise? Was I wrong in understanding that you were promising this? Did I misunderstand it? And I get that you won't do this, Sam, unless uh, you believe this is valuable, that this is the right thing for you to do. So how would you explain to me why this would be the right thing to do? In other words, Socrates, Socrates, Socrates. You use questions, questions, questions. Lecturing anybody isn't going to do any good. You try to involve them in thinking this through to themselves, which brings us to this thing about bosses, because... Uh, we need to redefine being a boss. And one, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to pause you. Yeah, sure. Breath, because I I have to I have to plug our sponsors. I got to take a little break. Oh, plug sponsors. No, of right? course. So uh, so <laughs> I got to see Michael could drink now. So um, I got to tell you about CRS, Commercial Recreation Specialist, everybody, because they've got this, they, you know, they've they got the inflatable things. And if you have a lake, God bless you, you're on Day Camp Podcast. Not many of us are as fortunate to have that, but they have the great water trampolines and stuff like that. But for those of you, most of you that don't have that kind of thing, they have the Zoom Flume, which is, it comes in 30-piece sections. It's inflatable, like made out of that moon bounce kind of stuff, right? And it's perfect for, for any location. You hardly need a slant board. It, even if it's completely flat, you can make the most ultimate slip and slide out of it. It's the coolest thing. Zoom flume, right? If you have a hill, you could Velcro a few of them together and just have the craziest time um, heading down there. So um, check it out. You can uh, just put, uh, keep running water on it. You can throw uh, some 
some baby shampoo on it, some uh, suds, all that kind of thing. Uh, it's CRS, Commercial Recreation Specialist, the fine purveyors of the best recreation solutions to keep camp going strong. Check out their website at crs4rec.com. CRS is serious about fun. I got to tell you, that, that last couple of minutes you gave there, that, that could have been a radical candor episode. Really I was good. literally going to say, it, it just seems <laughs> to be all about courageous conversations, right? Like being able to have it and have it again and take your feelings out and just restate what you already know. And really just this idea of coaching, not telling. So I love that. Yeah. My um, daughter's in that situation this year. She wanted to apply for assistant director and she has all the skills, but I told her the first thing you have to give up is having everyone on our patio all summer long after camp is over. So, you know, how are you going to handle that? But. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a challenge. One of the ways I've grown and I'm doing things differently now than say I did five years ago is, and some of this is pandemic related for sure. Some of it is not, some of it is just my growing as, as a teacher, as a trainer, but I'm realizing that a lot of the people that we're training in these roles, they need more encouragement than I thought. They need more, you can do this. And it has to be credible. That's the problem. If it's just pump them up and put our hands in the circle and you guys have got this and I wouldn't have put you in this position if you couldn't be a good team leader, that is incredible because they I hope they're smart enough if you picked them for this role to figure out that we just say that. Just like you know, mom says you're so smart. Uh mom's supposed to say that. What I have learned is that there's a few ways to tell these folks in these new positions, as well as the experienced people too, you are smart and you can do this. And I have a file in my computer in to which I continue to pour ideas about how to do that. Uh, can I share a, a few of those with you? Por favor. Okay. All right. Um, one of the ways I tell them they're smart is by having them do an activity. The activity is pick something that you uh, were okay doing, but not great. Something that you were average at. And you got much better at it at your choice. Somebody helped you do that. Somebody was a coach. So to put it another way, what's something in your life that you got significantly better at because you had a coach? And take two or three minutes and this blank sheet of paper and write down some things they did or said that made that a successful relationship for you. Now, everyone I've done this activity with has had has had a list. I mean, everyone can think of something. You got to give them a few examples. Like I was an I was an adequate skier and then I became pretty good. Or I could cook an omelet, but that was about my whole repertoire. And then I learned how to cook five things that somebody you know might make three, four times a week when they had their own apartment. Those kinds of things. Or I was an average conversationalist, but a, a friend kind of took me under their wing and I learned how to chat people up a little better. What's something you got better at? This not only identifies things we want them to do when they're coaching staff, but it allows you to wrap up this activity, which you can do in 10 minutes, 15 at the most. But you can wrap it up by saying, this is why I say to you, you're smart and you know exactly what to do in this job. Because every single thing that you just said that supported you and made you trust this person and made you feel positive about your potential to grow, all of those things we want you to do every day this summer. Any questions? So 
this way of getting them to draw from their own experience is has been very successful for me in getting them to feel more confident that they can actually do this, even though it's a no, new role. Another one that I use is, of course, first I tell them I was promoted because people mistakenly thought I was good with kids, and now they want me to, to serve in this supervised peers kind of role. And in some instances, supervise school teachers who are the local, you know, the, the gymnastics specialist at our day camp who's been teaching gymnastics as long as I've been alive. You know, how do, how do I act as that person's supervisor? So what I say to them is everything that you did that made us notice you as one of the superstar leaders of kids, every one of those things is equally important when you are leading young adults, peers, everybody else, including people who are more experienced than you. Can I give you some examples, you say? Listening. You could not have been good with kids if you didn't know when to shut your mouth and interview people. Interviewing, as you know, is, is something I trumpet a lot. I think that's one of the great human skills. Right, asking people questions, right? Absolutely, right, yeah, asking them questions, drawing them out so that there's something to listen to. And that's what you want to do with, with staff when you are, are coaching them, when you are their team leader. You want to say, how do you how do you folks think we should do this? What's getting in the way of making this work? What are some things we could do in order to make this better? These are all questions. It all requires us to listen. It is all based on what do you think? Those powerful forward that forward question. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Yeah, I love it, Michael. Because this is like I said, like it always surprises me. Someone who's been a longtime camper who then becomes a counselor, and then all of a sudden it's like they didn't connect the dots themselves as to right. all the things that they would need to do. And you would sort of just assume because they spent all that time there that it would, by photosynthesis, it would have just happened. And, and then the same thing happens again. It's like symmetric. Same thing happens then going up to the leadership team. It's the same thing. And, and then the same thing would happen going from leadership team to being a camp director. The, the relationship between the camp directors and the leadership and leadership team during the frontline staff, frontline staff to the kids, it should all be relatively symmetric of, of respect and listening, like you're saying, like these basic basic tools. But it seems like when, when somebody gets ratcheted up a level, something happens with their confidence or or their lack of confidence, maybe even, and they feel like they have to overcompensate it and they forget a lot of those basic things. And so I love these little, these little um, orientation kind of uh, tools for getting people to connect the dots. Thank you. I, I mean, I've got a couple of more that I can give you right now. I just want to, in response to your excellent comment, Andy, I want to say that my amateur theory as to why that is, why they forget, is because we're telling them, okay, now you have to be different. Now you have to, you can't be a counselor anymore. Now you have to, and the message we're giving them is this is a whole new ball game. You know what this reminds me of? It's when we tell the LITs and CITs, call different things at different camps, our junior leaders, our, our leaders in training, counselors in training, you're not a camper anymore. This is, this is different. Now you have to, you have to grow up. You have to be mature. So I think unwittingly, We've we failed to be specific about what we mean about that transition. I would rather say, yes, this is different, but 
it's really not different at all. People will tell you that being a supervisor, say, of counselors is no different than being a team leader of a bunch of kids, which is not to, and I always add this, which is not to insult the counselors and say they're just bigger, older kids. It's just to say that the same, and Andy, I loved your phrase, the same basic tools apply. Listening is one of them. Another one is it's very important to give credible praise and feedback to people who do the things you want them to do. We know that's with children. You can't tell children, would you guys be quiet? You're driving me crazy. That's response to negative behavior. A good parent and teacher and camp leader says to kids all of the time, I asked you to do it. You did it right away. That is so respectful. We've got first-time listeners in our day camp group. This is going to be a great day. What you do is you look for the things you want to see and you praise the heck out of it in a credible way. You don't say, oh, you're such a good counselor. You say, I asked you to look into this and you called that parent, you know, last night. You did it immediately. If you want to know whether I think you're dependable, there's the answer right there. I asked you to talk to this mom and you did it in less than 24 hours. That kind of specific compliment is exactly the kind of thing that these people, you know, tried to do when working with kids and praising the positive is one of my six paths for a supervisor. Um, uh, celebrating the things that we value so that it continues to grow. Another one is uh, another one of my paths is responding to undesired staff behavior in positive ways, which means replacing it with better behavior, which is what we do with kids. Right. We don't say to kids, you can't whine. Stop your whining. What we have to say to them is if you want another turn. You have to take a deep breath and say, Mr. Michael, I would like another turn. You use your voice and I will listen to you. It doesn't mean you get it, but I will listen. I don't listen to whining. I listen to when you use your regular voice and you can tell me whatever, anything you want. I will listen to you. So you're trying to redirect them in a way that would be really important. You want to, uh, another example is you guided the choices of campers. You didn't tell your campers what to do. You guided them. So what you did is you asked them what would be a good choice here when they were uh, too noisy to listen to the rules of the game or to how to do the arts and crafts thing. You said, what did you say to them? You said, wow, I have lots more to tell you so we can finish our friendship bracelets, but I can't do it because everyone's talking and I, I can't I can't tell if you can hear me. What does every day camper in the world do at that point? They they shut up because they want to they want to know. They just forgot in their excitement and they're not you know controlling themselves. So we guide them to that doesn't work. This is what works, which is the essence of what I call my key system, which is what I teach your staff about handling undesired behavior. So in summary, of course, there's a million more examples, but the way to build them up and make them feel confidence in this new role is to not just tell them, okay, this is different, but to say, you know, it's really not that different. Let's identify the things that work with young people and you're good at that, or we wouldn't even conceived of you as a leadership team member. We know that you do it. It's not that we're guessing that you will. We have actual evidence and you have actual evidence that this is something you can do. It's great. I love it. That's Thank like you. major light bulbs going off in my head. Uh, and, and you know what, what sparked me also, Michael, was the, um, it's all the same, right? You're saying it's all the same. Um, the camper to a teen leader, right? Because you're right. We always say, hey, now you're a teen leader. You know, now you, yeah. fun's over, you know, kind of thing. Like now you better, yeah. now you got to be a role model, right? Yeah. Yet, the, yet, if, if that kid in his senior camp group was acting like a real responsible team member, 
he'd be displaying those same things. It's not like he went from being a complete goofball, life is an amusement park, to then all of a sudden one day just becoming a teen leader, right? Like you're supposed to, even when you're a first or second grader, be acting responsible and being, you know, a good representative in in your team, right? So yeah, I just, I never thought of it that way. Well, you said a great word there I don't want to lose. It It was a real pearl. You said fun. One of the things that I tell when I train leadership teams, I say, don't conceive this of you walking around like a friendly cop and trying to make sure people do their job and to support them. All of that sounds, you know, so clinical. One of your main jobs is to walk around and model how to have fun that accomplishes our mission. That's one of your main jobs. This is a great fun job. And you're not stuck with just one camp group to do this with. The reason I loved absolutely loved being promoted was that as much as I loved my day campers, uh, I loved being able to walk around and ruin everybody's lives. I teaching everybody these activities, talk to everybody. You get to walk around to give you just one example. You get to walk around all day and help people find, this is another one of my six paths, creative twists in how they're doing these activities and make them and help them find it fresh so that they don't get bored. You get to walk around every day and ask one question every day that can change people's lives. Like what? Like, hey, you guys, how you doing? You having fun? But then the question, which is, I have a question. Has anyone seen somebody act like a good friend today? And, you know, the young ones, everyone raises both of their hands and their feet. The older ones think about it for a second, and most of them will raise their hand just because they want to get in on it and they want to say yes. And and then you ask them and say, how did you know? What did they do? Again, to use the word interviewing, I love walking around camp and getting people to think about who are your friends? What do kind people do? Oh, did anyone solve a problem today? Did you hear anyone give a compliment today? That's what the leadership team can do. Counselors are so busy getting people through the schedule. Program direct uh, staff are so focused on the program itself that what we can do is be, and this is the phrase I use, we can be guardians of the mission. I always start any workshop for these folks with that. with that. We are guardians of the mission. And I choose, I, I chose the word guardians very carefully. I want it to sound like a superhero. I don't want to say, you know, that we are the people who, who mind the mission or in charge of the mission. I want them to see themselves as, as, as Marvel type guardians of the most important thing we do in camp, which is to be sure that camp is not just about fun, that the fun is used in order to accomplish the mission, which is, my central reason for living is to go around and help people. Do that. And for my cheesy day camp friends out there, you should all know there's a new Guardians of the Galaxy coming out this summer, and you can have Groot and all those, uh, you know, the talking um, raccoon and all that stuff. Like, you know, represent that with your team, and yep. it'll be relevant. Absolutely. Tip, I cut you off before. I'm sorry. I was so excited. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to jut in with. <laughs> No, you know, I, I I was thinking about this idea of personal responsibility or personal accountability. And um, it has been a huge thing in like coaching corporate clients, right? Because everyone's given their power away to everyone else. Like the company should do this and the, the, to the leader should do that. But when Michael was talking about um, the, the line of questioning it and people coming to their own decisions, it made me remember of like how 
when people come to their own decisions, they're far more bought into them versus if you just tell them what to do. So the line of question, I don't remember where we were in the pod, but when Michael was talking about that line of questioning, I was thinking how genius it was because the questions get them to the answer you want to give them anyway, right? But because they came up with them themselves, they're far more bought into it from an emotional level. So then it actually comes to fruition because they feel like it was their own idea. Kind of just like those leading questions. So that's all. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And if I may, I will quote myself from my Training Terrific Staff book. People take better care of things they help create. Right. And and it's easy to just tell your middle management, hey, just walk around and ask questions, right? But I like the way Michael twists it and calls it interviewing because that's sort of, you know, it's it's a step farther, right? We have to practice what the questions should be. This is a whole other podcast or workshop, but I'm a big believer that we should have a consistent set of questions, three to five, that we ask every staff person every week. And they should know they're going to be asked this as part of their training. And we should explain why these are the core questions. Very important to do. And so one of the things I do when I'm doing a leadership team training is say, let's decide what the questions are right now. I mean, you know, one of my questions is going to be about mission. How can we use this activity to to make the mission happen? Uh, but what other questions you want to ask? One of the questions might be, what can I do to best support you this week? Uh, but everyone's going to be asked that every week. There's no surprise here. And this consistent questioning, in addition to anything else you want to ask, and we tell them there will be other things that come up. But once a week, everybody's going to be asked these questions. And that's a way of assuring some consistent level of support and relationship building. Right. So um, before we uh, we wrap this kind of thing up with our last few thoughts on this, uh, I got to tell you about our friends at Camptivities, another one of our proud sponsors. You know, if scheduling was a headache for you in 2022, it was for us because we were going back to non-COVID programming. It was actually complicated again. Hopefully, you made it a little bit easier um, by, by cutting out some of the bells and whistles. But regardless, Camptivities can help with the bells and whistles and the core stuff and all this specifically designed by day camp people four day camps, right? So save time, money, and resources and create the best diverse activity schedule yet. You can check it out at camptivities.com. They got group scheduling, camper scheduling, batch scheduling, manual adjustments, rainy day scheduling, tons of customizable settings, and 50 plus reports to work with, right? This is going to save you time. So think about your organizational continuity and stop relying on one person to make your summer schedules that stays up till four in the morning. That is not healthy, right? We'd love to show you the next Big thing in camping at captivities.com. Um, so, Michael, I was I was talking about like to lead is to serve, to to you know, respect is earned, right? That kind of thing. Um, I think that uh, you know what everybody needs now. The kids need support from their counselors. The the counselors need support from their middle management. The middle management needs support from the directors. Um, I, I think framing it these days with that because that's becoming such a big word that people are starting to understand and appreciate. And I do feel that, you know, with everything that went down, especially in 2021, that that it, it, camp directors did get like a, a cold water thrown on them that, wow, we were really putting our people under a lot of pressure and stress. And we are trying to show them more support than ever. And, and to me, like, that's how I frame it for my my young leaders is that your job is, is to make 
your people's jobs easier. <laughs> so they feel better supported. So they feel like they can do all the things that they want to do. And, 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 you know, as opposed to just making the trains run on time, right. Which is like your whole thing about walking around and, and interviewing people, as opposed to just making sure the trains are running around on time. And, 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 and because I think day camp, it's way harder than resident camp, which has 24 hours to get things done. And we have this like seven and a half hour window where it's just like, get your clothes on, go to swim and get it and all that kind of thing. And it's so easy to just make sure that all that happens as opposed to making sure that your staff aren't overburdened and overstressed and all that kind of thing and reading the body language and just having conversations with them. Well put. Although you did put your finger there in your comments on one of the, I'm sorry to correct you, but see, one of the reasons that you're saying day camp is harder is the seven and a half hours. I always recommend 20 minutes tops for the day. And uh, uh, if if it was just a 20 minute day camp, it wouldn't be so hard, Andy. But, you know, you insist on going all morning and all afternoon. Listen, we're also providing daycare for the parents. That's a big part of our success here. So we have to. Well, I wish you would provide, excuse me. I wish you provided daycare for parents. That way they wouldn't have to work. They could go and it would be like camp for the parents. You know, then the kids could go learn and grow and people would stop bothering them. I, but, you know, these I, I realize these are just big dreams and uh, it's just not going to happen. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry for being silly, my friend, but what do you expect? <laughs> now, Michael, I know you've got three um, trainings here in Illinois coming up uh, not too far in the future. Well, uh, yes. And in fact, uh, Sam, you're aware of it because... Um, uh, Sam and I from the Chicago area in Illinois are uh, both proud of the Illinois affiliate of American Camp Association. And I love bragging about those folks. Can I brag about them for just a moment? Oh, we love them. They uh, just very quickly, but uh, one of the great ideas they had years ago is there should be a place that every camp director or executive or someone should be able to send their leadership team to get trained every year. Because we agree with uh, you, Michael, yes, there should be training, but where do we get the curriculum for that? We don't have time for this. They uh, don't have time for this. Many of them are in college or university and they're just finishing exams. Uh, how you know how are we going to do this? So it was uh, it was ACA Illinois that came up with the idea of creating a one-stop one day, program where people could send their supervisors and their new ones, as well as their experienced ones, because the experienced ones need to have new challenges to keep them refreshed and to keep them coming back and to keep them growing. So yes, uh, one of the things that we have coming up is I'm doing that supervision course again. I'm looking at my notes here. It's on May 13th, 2023, and it's from 10 in the morning to 4.15. It's a live webinar online and it is a way for you to get them trained so you can just check that off your list you ask them to put that time aside and maybe not every single person could attend plus another idea that we have is if you're going to do the training yourself or if all your people you know can't attend then this is the way you get the curriculum and how to teach it so if you attend this you will be able to turn around at whatever times. And it doesn't have to be a whole day. You can do this in 20 minutes here and 30 minutes there. Just like the activity that I mentioned in this podcast about asking people about how they were coached to a higher level. We've got 
you know, 20 of those kinds of activities so that you could do. So that's a, a great way. And we, can we put the link up to where to get more information and a flyer about that? That That's number one. Can we do that? All, all this stuff is going to be in our show notes okay. all right. Um, right there. But I just have a, a question about this, about number one, right? Yes, sure. So so first of all, this is wonderful. So this is not an Illinois thing, right? This isn't anywhere in no. the world thing. You can oh, watch this in Bangladesh if you wanted to, right? You, and And... It's it's from 10 a.m. to 4:15. You don't necessarily like if it's a if it's a school teacher that we want to watch this. I'm hoping that they'll be able to watch it like later. Well, uh, it's, it's <laughs> live. It's presented one time. It isn't recorded. A long story as to that. This one is not recorded. Some okay. of the things that we've done uh, are. So this is for full time camp staff. Is what this is for. It's on the Saturday, so you might be able to oh, get some. Oh, it's on of them. a Saturday. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Thank you, yeah. Sam. Yeah. Sure. You, you saved it, Sam. You do not need to be an ACA <laughs> member. You do not need to be an ACA member, although, uh, as you know, I always say that is strongly encouraged. And if you need to know why, ask any of us, and we'll explain to you the advantages to that. You can uh, be from any place. Uh, the last webinar we did last year, we had people from 30 countries multiple places in Canada. So, uh, and that's, that's a webinar number two. The other thing that they said, again, not my idea, but they said, can we have a one-stop place where people can learn how to do their best staff training ever? And the answer is yes, we can provide a place and do provide a place that is the answer to this question, which is, you know, you're going to spend at least 50 hours I hope planning your staff training, how much of each of those hours is worth? You know, it might be 60 hours, 65 hours. It takes so much time to do this. Why, why are people doing this by themselves? Why are they, you know, looking through the, what activity can I do to teach my people how to listen? What activity can I do to teach them how to bring out the best behavior in kids? We've, we've got all of that and multiple versions of it so that you've got several years worth. So you don't have to do the same thing every year. Well, what can I do to not make this a lecture? How can we make this interesting? We've got all of those tools. And so what we've done is to, again, this year, pack that into a two-day course. This is March 28th and 29th, 2023, from one to four. These are all uh, central daylight time things uh, on each day. So it's two half days on a, a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Uh, well, why Tuesday, Wednesday? You can't please everybody. They, they, you know, people have said, I want to take time off from work to do this. I want to explain that this is part of my work week. I don't want to have to do this on weekends. And we provide uh, uh, an incredible amount of materials and activities, uh, schedules, all of the things that you would want in order to save you dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of time, A, and B, boost the quality of our training. We can't, we can't lecture at people anymore. The staff that come in our staff trainings, they don't want people to talk at them or, or read to them or give them the stuff in writing. They want things that are interactive. We want to be able to model. This is the most important thing. And the hardest thing to do in staff training is to make our staff training a model of how we want staff to turn around and lead and teach our kids. So we will do that. And there'll be a link and some more information. And there's a flyer there that we can put up on the on the show notes. And thank you for allowing me to uh, to mention that because uh, those two things are, uh, I hope, an opportunity that will help to use that word again of the podcast, support everyone in doing their best job uh, when they're incredibly busy. And if you're not wandering through a conference and going to a uh, the, an ACA bookstore, how's the best way to, to, to get to the Michael Brandwine Library of Books? 
Oh, yeah. You mentioned, Am- thank you for reminding me. Uh, they're actually not on Amazon. I'm not dealing with Amazon. Uh, the uh, the way to get them for me directly, we can put a link for that, but it's michaelbrandwine.com mm-hmm. forward slash store. And that's the fastest. And there's no middle person there. The ACA bookstore also has uh, these uh, titles as well. And Michael's doing one other thing that um, he didn't mention, which I think is an ingenious idea. Um, Illinois is supporting their visitors by letting them um, oh. have a, a session with Michael, if you want to explain that a little bit. Um, well, that's, uh, and do you have the date for that? May 20, Thanks. ah, where's my yeah. calendar? Yeah. Um, well, one of the, again, brilliant programming ideas that my my colleagues in Illinois May came. May 21st. Yeah. One of the ways to reward volunteers is to give them resources to help support them in their role. And so for people who are willing to step up and willing to be visitors or serve in other volunteer capacities in our part of ACA, Illinois, part of the payoff for that is find somebody, you know, in your section who can provide some resources to folks. So we're going to come together. We'll have lunch. And we're going to do a morning and an afternoon of some workshopping to give people skills that would be of value to them. Uh, Not only, by the way, in their professional life in camp, but even in their personal life as well. So uh, these uh, things uh, are good ideas, I think, for sections and for affiliates to think about as a way of rewarding our wonderful volunteers. And I'm proud to be a part of that. I thought that was a terrific idea, too. Thanks. Excellent. And and so this podcast is going to come out around uh, February 1st. So are we going to be seeing you at ACA National Orlando? I will be at ACA National Orlando. I will be at Tri-State. Um, I uh, hope uh, I just got a, a, a call this morning. I hope that I'll be in Palm Springs for the um, uh, ACA Spring Leadership Conference that's done for the West Coast which I did uh, three or four years ago and we'll be returning to as well. So yes, I will be out there full time doing whatever I can to support everyone's great work and uh, exciting projects, uh, which uh, are not talkable about yet that uh, this will be a big year to put together. I hope to have uh, the ability to return to the podcast and tell you about some exciting new things that are even bigger than any of the things I just mentioned. Woo-hoo. And of course, like Michael said, he's happy to talk to your leadership teams, whether virtual or in person. Um, just- uh, well, yeah, you know, you know, that's, I don't know if it's apocryphal, but the thing of someone so doesn't have a date because they're very popular and everyone assumes that they have plans for Saturday night. Uh, people ask me all the time, you know, do, do you have room to do uh, our staff training in May or June or July? Or, you know, do you have room for the leadership team? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, in part because every year I create chunks of places for new clients or for people like only worked for five or 10 years ago. Of course I do, because that's the way I keep it fresh for me. So now it would be a lovely time. People can always reach me at mail, M-A-I-L at michaelbrandwine.com. And I'd be delighted to talk to you about it. It's, it's kind of you to, to mention that. And yes, I... Yeah, and, and know that that even though Michael has given 11,000 uh, sessions uh, in his <laughs> lifetime, um, he does not he does not go into his like briefcase and pull one out and, and, and do it. He, he starts from scratch with everything that he does. And when he came to my camp a few years ago, um, you know, we wanted a uniquely day camp kind of session and he did one on what to do in the in-between time. 
between yes. periods. Yes. And it was just about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it well, was that wonderful. Was, yeah. And that was your request. It was yeah. a need that you saw that many uh, camps have, not only day camps, but resident camps. And that I love that. You know, some singer songwriters, they perform covers and they're very successful and they get, you know, their platinum and yeah, greatest hits. We could just yeah. go play. You could be like the Eagles and just do your well, greatest hits. But they're doing other people's music. Uh, other people write their own music and they only perform their own stuff. And that's the niche I always wanted. That to me is where I get my joy out of teaching is not teaching things from other people's books or their repertoire, but making the stuff up and teaching my own things. And that's the, I, that makes me, you know, just blessed to be able to do that. Right. But look, the Eagles tour all around and charge $500 a ticket and they play the same songs from 1975. Whereas you come and actually write, <laughs> you write original songs when you come out to people. So oh. that to me. Is, is, is a real credit. Okay, your first question when you came out to mine last year was, what do I feel I need my staff to learn? And so I know you always start with what the the camp feels like they need and then go from there. Well, thanks. Em. Yeah, that was the first question before training your staff last year. I always ask people, all of my clients, that's the number one question I ask them, which is what would you like people to be better able to do at the conclusion of this when I present than when they walked in. That is always my number one and number 10 question. It's always the beginning, it's always the end. Uh, and isn't that the right question for us to ask as, uh, as staff trainers? For every segment of our staff training, we should always have a big, you know, one of these, a sticky note up in front of us next to our laptop, next to our computer that says, what do I want these folks to be better able to do at 11.15 that morning or at 10.15 that morning that they weren't able to do when they right. walked in. And that's what makes this action-oriented. Uh, and that's what I call the usability principle because if it isn't usable and it isn't actionable and if we don't get them to practice these things right now before they have to actually do it, it really, you know, it, it isn't going to work very well. So those and, are the things we teach in the seminar. And to bring it just back to, to the beginning again, um, that's what I did at my camp in figuring out what like my five pillars, my five start points would be at my camp is asking that question of what we want from the kids. Where do we want the kids to grow? Right. And we put that out to our leadership team. And that's how we came up with that. So, again, like everything that we're doing from the top level down to the middle level is the same stuff from the middle level down to the kids. It really is all the same. I, I really I really love that and appreciate that. So. Guess what, everybody? We want to thank the Go Camp Pro Team, Camptivities, and Commercial Recreation Specialists for allowing us to bring this podcast to you. And like Michael said, a shout out to Colette and the ACA Illinois team for those uh, those cool webinars that Michael's going to be on. You can check all that out on our show notes at daycamppodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, you should subscribe to the Day Camp Pod on your favorite podcast platform, all right? And in the show notes, you'll also find uh, contact information for Michael, for myself, for Tiff, and for Sam. So thanks for listening and making yourself a better Day Camp Pro. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the Day Camp Pod. The Day Camp Podcast is brought to you by Go Camp Pro and the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, camp pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, a masterclass, from the Summer Camp Pros group on Facebook, at a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, we can encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their brilliant ideas and make the camp industry better. Thanks very much.